Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Dory. And Special Agent Dom. Ah. Special Agent Dom, can I ask you something? I'll allow it. What is your stance on the truth? The truth is, of course, subjective. Truth can be altered through many things, such as, you know, including psychosomatic uh, elements into drinking water to all induce a mass hallucination to make everybody believe that they were eaten by werewolves. I assume that happens a lot. (laughs) I personally believe the truth is out there. Okay. Uh, Out where? I haven't figured that part out yet, but I, I, it's, it's out there. Just not, know. just not here. Yeah. Well, yeah, not here, but there. Otherwise, that'd be the truth is in here. <laughs> the truth is not here. Okay. I think we can all agree on that. That's for sure. Yeah. It does sound like you two would make a good FBI team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, I, my experience with X Files, is that in college, mm-hmm. I heard a women's acapella band perform the song David Duchovny. That's a song? Yeah, yeah. David Duchovny, Why Won't You Love Me? Why Won't You Love Me, David Duchovny? Not, not heard it? No. No. Okay, well, then clearly <laughs> I know more about X-Files than you two. I don't know very much about X-Files, actually. Sounds like you know more about David Duchovny and or Acapella than we do. <laughs> that that oh, may be true. Mm-hmm. All I know is I've heard David Duchovny as a piece of shit. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, That's what I've heard through the grapevine. I don't have any actual experience with the man, so. I do, however, understand that perhaps he was... A desirable property in 1994, mm-hmm. or around then. Speaking yeah. of 1994, when we were small, <laughs> smaller, smaller, <laughs> quite a bit smaller, I believe. Dom, does that mean that you did watch some X-Files back in the day? Which meant that I had no idea what the X-Files um, overarching story was with the whole Mulder's sister and the big that big government conspiracy not that one the other one <laughs> is that technically an overarching they, plot line they had a through line through they had a couple my understanding is I yeah. see so yeah I've only seen pieces so it's hard for me to know my experience with X-Files is entirely episodic mm-hmm. I saw a few episodes that stuck with me because they were fun and the episodes where they talked about the main X-Files plot, I was asking my mom what was going on, and she got tired explaining things to me after a bit. <laughs> Sounds enough. like we should have had your mom on for this episode rather than any of us. Man, we should have my mom on for the Star Trek episode. She, she was a big Trekkie fan. Great. Well, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, for X-Files, I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode. I mean, I, I've definitely seen little bits of episodes, and I've absorbed the general idea of the X-Files through, you know, being in our culture, mm-hmm. yeah. in, in our era. But I, I'm unclear on a few details. Like, in this fanfic, there's going to be some, like, psychic powers and stuff, government conspiracies. On a scale of Scooby-Doo to, let's say, Gravity Falls, how much of, like, the random supernatural stuff is real in X-Files? See, this has always been my problem with X-Files, and that is to say, you know, the reason I didn't keep watching a lot of the episodes is it's not always clear mm-hmm. and it's always frustrating to me not to get an explanation for why the things happen in each episode but it's kind of how X-Files goes is that it doesn't it points in a direction but it never gives you really any conclusive evidence that there's something supernatural at work basically in any given X-Files episode it's possible 
Uh, that's actually more interesting than I was expecting. It's they would do with the uh, double fakes all the time, where it make you think it's one thing and that's the other thing. Like I just watched the um, episode that was referenced in this fanfic, where they make you start off, where you find a corpse and there's two wounds on the side of the neck and they've, they've been drained in blood. So my first thought is vampires. Right. <laughs> then Mulder's first thought is um, exsanguination from alien abductions, and that turns out to be a whole different thing altogether. Fair enough. So, Dom, I think you probably have more experience watching complete episodes than I do. <laughs> I watched one earlier today, yes. <laughs> there you go. My question is, are there episodes... Because the ones I've seen have been kind of curated for me by friends who really like the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ones I saw, like, it just frustrated me that there's no conclusion, like I mentioned. Are there ones where it's, like, really, like, oh, this is clear what's happening? Some are self-contained. I see. They, they are fond of their cliffhanger ending but you can consider that self-contained unless otherwise stated. Mm-hmm. But they make, like, an explanation of this is really what happened to these people, or... Yeah, and sometimes they might leave you with them not sure why, but they'll offer an explanation, which is pretty much what happened. I see, I see. So you're supposed to kind of infer that what the agents take away from it is what really happened. At the end of the episode, yeah. Gotcha. It's what you're supposed to think as a viewer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever really got that. I always kind of thought, like, this is not conclusive. They don't have enough evidence. No, for an FBI agency, they're pretty uh, lackadaisy with evidence. Yeah, and then and Mulder just jumps to conclusions all the time, and I always felt like that made me think he was such an unreliable character that the things that turned out to be were probably not true or something, I guess. In a practical sense, that would make sense, but with the uh, Mulder-Scully problem, like, if you go to the TV trope page about Scully mm-hmm. skepticism... Where Scully's points of skepticism are perfectly valid in a real-world setting, just not in a fiction setting. In a fiction setting, the crazy crackpot, no matter what the theories is, always has more merit than should ever be considered. Hmm. Yeah, it just I feel like in a lot of other shows, they would put more work into proving the, the crazy theory. But the truth is out there. They, they want you to think of conspiracies and jump to random things. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not going to lie. That's fair. Well, we don't have to really talk about the X-Files series itself, which is good because we're clearly manifestly unqualified to do so. (laughs) But I was very happy to find an X-Files fanfic that was old and that I had some reason to think was good. Yeah, this is a pretty new one on the scene. It's copyrighted in 1994 and uh, X-Files came out in 1993. Yeah, yeah. Well... I mean, there's a lot of information about this fanfic compared to other ones, you know, on the internet out there. Because I found this stumbling on Deb Walsh's Gen fanzine, like, fanfic archive online. In fact, our link to this story is just linking to that archive, which is bit.ly rfr melody. And they give you a very nice uh, PDF file. Yes, they do. Um, Deb Walsh is apparently one of them old-time fans who, like, moved from fandom to fandom She's got, like, a My Life in Fandom timeline on, you know, one part of her website starting in 1974, where she was, like, the fourth signature on um, a club needing a signature in order to use the Campus Mimeo machine to publish their, like, Star Trek scene or whatever. Awesome. And continuing into the present day when she's big into Stucky, apparently, which is the pairing of Steve and Bucky from Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. And in between, she's passed just through, like, fandom to fandom to fandom. So, like, you read this thing and starting off in, like, Star Trek, Space 1999, moving on, Blake 7. I don't know what Blake 7 is. <laughs> Robin of Sherwood. And the era we're looking at here 
Um, apparently, they put together a fanzine called The Manifest in 1993. They meaning this author and her good friend Mary Blomker, I, I think Blomker, who got her into this kind of fandom and who is sadly deceased now. And The Manifest was sort of like a zine for fanfics from various paranormal shows that were going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So also mentioned here are Forever Night, which I also was unfamiliar with before looking into the fanfic scene, but apparently had a big fanfic scene. Is that N or K-N? Uh, K-N. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. And real Ghostbusters, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't accept any substitute. Yeah, I know, right? And the reason that I have a reason to think that this fanfic is good is that it won a FanQ award in 1994, apparently. What's a FanQ award? The FanQ awards are long-running fanzine and fanfiction awards, multi-fandom, and they've been going on since... Um, this information should be more readily available. 1977 to the present. Um, wow, that's quite early. We're going to be returning to a few other FanQ award winners because, like, one anime zine that I happen to possess has a FanQ award winner in it, and we're just going to do it at some point because I've got it, um, even though it's not readily available online. And the Q there, you know, the fan is fan. The Q stands for quality, but it also means when you say it, it sounds like thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, wait, Get it? Is that intentional? Yes, it's intentional. I'm still more... I never ups- would have. I'm still more upset by the term Stucky, I think. <laughs> you can accept thank you. Well, I could accept FanQ after hearing Stucky. <laughs> well, what's your better ship name for Bucky and Steve? And there, there isn't one, but just Stucky. Beave. Beave. <laughs> I would rather go with Beave, not because I think it's good, but because I don't like Stucky. <laughs> no, I, I think that puts it in perspective for me. I think Stucky's better. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I would never have picked up on the FanQ thing you thing in my entire life unless you mentioned it yeah, you're welcome never at all <laughs> thank you Quite a thank little, you thank you could have had an entire existence without that <laughs> so it's fun reading something by one of these like just i don't know what to call it like staples of the fan fiction scene through multiple eras um and it's, it's nice to finally have a direction to get into a x-files story you know, a, a reason, something that, somewhere to start, randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, oh, I, yeah, I tried contacting Deb Walsh, but um, for some reason, her extremely old, like, AOL email is not being responded to, and I don't have Tumblr. Huh, I wonder why. I know. Um, you don't, you, you have to have a Tumblr to message someone on Tumblr? Don't you? I don't know about Tumblr. I, I don't know. I mean, I assume... You know, um, I have one that I use for my art, but I haven't used it in a long time. But I guess I really have no excuse for not learning how something like Tumblr works if somebody who was active in fandom in 1977 in college is using Tumblr. Yeah, like, that's a good point. <laughs> you have lost all credibility in that respect. I can no longer hide behind my relative <laughs> old I'm an age. old school fan. I can't, I can't do Tumblr stuff. You should, I, how, are you, how are you not on Tumblr? <laughs> <laughs> I actually wonder how many um, of our two listeners are, are judging us. On the fact that none of us have Tumblr, considering it is, like, the locus of fan community. Hey, send in some uh, suggestions for Tumblrs for a motto to follow. There you go. Mm -hmm. Do you follow Tumblrs? Is that what you do? Yes. I don't know, actually. I I stay away from it, so I have a life. But I do have times where I look for something, Hmm. then I go down a bit of a Tumblr hole. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta be careful of those Tumblr holes. Down the (laughs) Tumblr I'm done. 
Now, speaking of being into a fandom early, it was noted when we were chatting just a moment ago about this fanfic, it's from 1994. And X-Files is from 1993? 93 season one. How many seasons does X-Files have? I feel like a lot. 10? 11? Was it latest one 11? Really? I, no, I didn't think it was that many, but I'm not the person It went on for a while. And I, they, they I, had that new one uh, a couple years ago or something. Did they? Yeah. The I, new season. I'm not completely yes. clear that X-Files ever stopped, actually. No, I I thought it was only about five or six seasons. I watched I guess I'm the wrong. end of X-Files. I remember feeling pretty unsatisfied from it. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt unsatisfied from every episode, so... Or every episode that I saw. So you're just <laughs> ahead of the curve then. Yeah. Started in September 1993, yeah. So this is way early on. Would have been around second season, apparently. And I guess they must have been setting up their plot threads early, because this fanfic's jumping right into several of them. Yeah, they had seasons 1 through 10, and then season 11 recently. Wow. That's just more seasons than I thought. Mm. All right. Ready to discuss the story itself? Yes. Before um, we get into the contents... This is, again, hosted on Deb Walsh's Jen fanfic archive. Jen here meaning not centered around a romantic pairing. Oh, Jen. Jen as opposed to, like, romance. Or, or like, yeah, Jen fanfics in the old terminology, or probably, I think it's still used. In the old tongue. (laughs) Which we shall not utter here. (laughs) Lest we invoke the demon. (laughs) Right, like, a general story, because shipping's such a big thing, it's like, these stories are not about the shipping. Hmm. I've never heard that. That's uh, fascinating. I learn more and more every day. So that means fan fiction comes from the standpoint of starting with shipping, then everything else is a deviation from that. I mean, that seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess it really did, you know, my understanding of the conception of fanfic is like Kirk's buck slash, basically. I mean, unless you're going to say Sherlock Holmes was the start of modern fanfic, which you definitely could. It's just always a bit interesting to me to see where... Like, with artistic movements, they normally have names that are, like, in reference to their place as opposed to, like, other movements. Mm-hmm. But the starting point is always very relatively arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, modern art and, like, postmodern art is, like, from what standpoint? <laughs> it's really culturally located and defined by academics, basically. Yeah. I, I just love just the idea of fanfic academics categorizing things. <laughs> Well, what I wanted to praise was that on this archive, which is not, it's not the biggest archive, but it spans quite a few fandoms and quite a few authors, uh, this PDF we're reading is really nice. It's not just a scan of a zine, which is what you kind of would have expected. I was totally expecting that, yeah. <laughs> it's a PDF, and it's not just a plain text PDF. It's got, like, nice little section header, you know, fancy letter things. They have a scene transition oh. in uh, that typewriter text font. Page numbers, copyright information at the bottom of each page. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not totally prettified with, like, art and, like, super classy designs, but, like, it's more than just a functional PDF copy. It's not that far away from it. Yeah. You just put one or two, you know, pictures in the middle. Maybe a title page. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I assume the other stories on the site are probably similarly well taken care of. This story is called Haunting Melody. Once again, it won an award. It's from 94. It's by Deb Walsh. Mm -hmm. And who wants to start to describe the story? (laughs) Me. I want to start describing the story. Uh, uh, Yeah, I was going to. If you want, go ahead. Give us a second. (laughs) I saw you two just, you know, stumbling over each other, wanting to be the first. It's good good for you to cut off that that fight right here by taking it for yourself. (laughs) He knows what would have happened. (laughs) 
So apparently one of the early ongoing plot threads in the X-Files was that Mulder, M- Mulder, 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 I, Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder's sister was like disappeared when he was a kid and when she was a kid, when she was eight. And, you know, it was like probably an alien abduction, maybe. From that's what, what I... It. Oh, sorry. Uh, from what I understand of X-Files, that's like the plot line through all 10 seasons. Oh, fair enough. Interesting. Uh, so I asked my roommate about this when we first started. I was like, was Mulder's sister abducted by aliens? And she was like, <laughs> well, that's what he believes. So that, that's the context that I have, is that he firmly believes that she was abducted by aliens. But mm-hmm. I think it turned out to be a government conspiracy, actually. Uh, it sounds like probably a lot of things were a government conspiracy in the X-Files. Just from, things were. Just from this one fanfic. I'm just delighted to know that anything turned out to be anything. Some <laughs> things actually were t- turned out to be really weird. Mm, like, there was yeah. this one episode where they had zombies who was brought back to life by a piece of pottery. And they speculated that pottery was able to bring things back to life because... When Jesus was bringing back, oh, who was he? Lazarus. Where, where did Lazarus. this go? When Jesus brought back Lazarus, L- Lazarus. When Jesus brought back Lazarus. <laughs> well, take, take five. In Japanese, <laughs> Lazarus. Lazarus. But in the English translation, we got Lazarus. Ah, nice. Yeah, and then he got stabbed through the back with by Sephiroth with a big sword. I'd watch that. Uh. <laughs> when that was going on, there was a potter nearby making a pot, and they speculated that that vibrations of the air got transferred into the ridges of the pot <laughs> so of the incantation of jesus making someone come back from the dead it was en- there enough to bring back other corpses from, from the dead what oh wait what what were we even talking about how did we get on this uh weird things in x-files that weren't the result of government conspiracies oh, okay okay and that's like a thing yeah okay. in the x-files <laughs> yes. that turned out to be true yeah there's ah. also this other episode where there was a like, you just followed this um, fast food worker for, like, 30 minutes or something. And, like, why are we just following this guy's life? Then, like, at, like, the 45-minute mark or something, he, like, takes off his skin and is actually, like, a reptile person. <laughs> oh, my God. That actually happens? So there is conclusive stuff in X-Files. Yeah. I'm going to watch that show now. But then if you take off the lizard skin, it's probably some sort of crooked real estate developer, right? No. He, he had, like, a crappy apartment. Uh, well, <laughs> like, like a lizard person does. Well, one that's working fast food. Yeah. <laughs> So the point is, the fanfic starts with a flashback to that abduction, which maybe we had not seen on screen or anything yet. I don't know at this point. Probably. Who knows? I think. And then in fairly short order, in like the very second little scene, you know, Mulder and Scully are shutting down the office for the weekend. I guess the office is like them, the two of them and their boss, maybe. And he gets a phone call from a sheriff back in his hometown on Martha's Vineyard. And they just say they found her. Then the connection was severed, and Mulder was listening to a dial tone, stunned. Going forward, I don't understand why this guy was so terse. You could have maybe said another few sentences. Because dramatics. I know, it's very dramatic. Well, it it struck me that the connection cut off. It kind of felt like it was cut off by outside sources, Mm -hmm. but I have no idea. It's trying to raise some tension. Yeah, I suppose. It's also X-Filesian in tone. X Files Ian. <laughs> I guess they say like Whovian, right? For Doctor Who stuff. Truth. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Truthian. So <laughs> the obviously Truthians no, is right. out there. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> so obviously Mulder's heading back home to his hometown. And Scully's like, look, I'm going with you, because like you're clearly really emotionally shaken and I'm your partner on this kind of thing, even though technically it's the weekend. 
Yeah, the first part of the story is, you know, coworkers go on a personal trip. Yeah. Be- uh, well, <laughs> that, that, technically true. Yeah. But, you know, with the whole, like, possible alien angles hanging over their heads, like... But most of the next part is details about them driving there, staying at a hotel, waiting mm-hmm. for the ferry, uh, getting coffee at places. <laughs> if they investigate stuff throughout the U.S., mm-hmm. probably a lot of their job is taking airplanes. It probably is, yeah. I imagine you don't probably see that all that often on the show. Not as much. Sometimes, though. <laughs> they probably just show up. Well, anyway. Yeah, so uh, Mulder's shaken. Scully, you know, clearly doesn't believe that, like, it's an alien angle, because why would you if you're a reasonable person who doesn't live in a universe <laughs> filled with les- lizard people or whatever? Yeah. And uh, that's her role, is to be the skeptic. Right. But she's, like, definitely on board to support him because he's his, her friend. Yeah, skeptic, but, but supportive, which is nice to see. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and she's not giving him flack about it. She's like, look, I'm, I'm coming with you. Like, I'm there to support you. Like, it's fine. Yeah, well, she seems like she really cares about him as, as a friend, which is really nice in their relationship. Like, especially in this fanfic. I know there was probably some romance between them later on in the show, probably. wasn't there? I, I think in the movie they finally kiss. It's <laughs> a big deal. Uh, something like that. But there was some, like, implied romance. There but was anyway, a movie, wasn't there? There was a movie. I forgot about that. <laughs> My point is, is that, like, for a large part of the show, they're just, like, close as, you know, working partners and then closest friends as well. Yeah. And it's nice in this fanfic especially that Scully is just... Uh, really supportive of him yeah it's a good dynamic she even has a conversation with her mom like kind of explaining why she's canceling like her mom date and she's like look he's my partner that's right he's also my friend look i'll call you from martha's vineyard but i really need to go with him on this thing also this is apparently right after scully's father died oh yeah apparently so so like she's recent or she's kind of still going through grieving Hmm. and you know he knows that that comes back in it's mentioned several times yeah but she also knows how important his sister is to him like it's a huge source of pain and distress and i guess kind of the reason that he got into the whole x-files scene mm-hmm. was trying to figure out what happened to her so this is huge for him they end up on martha's vineyard which is the name of the island right yeah and the name of the town on the island is chillmark oh and it's an island i think it probably has a few towns right um I, I don't have any sense of how big martha's vineyard is but right the town is chillmark on martha's vineyard small town it's a little kind of vaguely touristy place, I guess. Maybe not. Uh, uh, yeah, my impression of Martha's Vineyard is always it's like a place where rich people go to vacation. Well, uh, Martha's Vineyard was originally a rural community. Mm-hmm. Where actually, because they were an island and there's like that population didn't get enough genetic diversity for a while, like 30% of them ended up being deaf. Oh, that's right. I remember reading about that. And that's because really of that, they developed Martha's Vineyard's uh, sign language. And because enough of the population was deaf, the entire island was uh, fluent in sign language. That's, and they would often use it in day-to-day life. That's super cool. And yeah. uh, American Sign Language is based off of Martha Vineyard Sign Language and French Sign Language uh, put together. Uh-huh. When did that occur? Uh, early know? 1900s, I think. Okay. I have, this wow. is a late-night Wikipedia binge. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just fascinating. It doesn't have a lot to do with our particular fanfic, but it's a really interesting Well, maybe it does, because you said it was because of lack of genetic diversity, but could it have been aliens? Oh, there you go. Now you're thinking like Fox. Fair enough. So Martha's Vineyard is a small, rural uh, New England town, and also some rich people have some getaway places there, mm-hmm. which is how we know of it. 
on the west coast <laughs> and mm-hmm. so there's enough people that he knows that like he walks into a coffee place and like he knows the person who runs it and everyone's like catching up and or trying to set him up with their daughters or whatever uh, coming back to a small town yeah. right it's that kind of feel and soon enough they get to meet up with the sheriff who's the guy that um whose name is owen the ex-sheriff 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 who's the person who uh Mulder was in contact with who called him uh, apparently, he like deals with renting a place. Like he handles the renting of a place that uh, Mulder owns back on Martha's Vineyard, like his childhood house. Yeah, like they, oh, his childhood house. Yeah. So like they've kept in touch. That's like his main contact on the island. Mm. And you get another good like you know cliffhanger leading into this, where uh, you would have he's like oh you would have needed to come up sooner or later because you're next of kin. She's dead then. Scully asks, and he says, Owen shook his head. Nope, not dead. No body but you got to see this to believe it. Dun, dun, dun. Commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, though. Well, I think it would have been the reveal of what she looks like, then Fox looking surprised in commercial break. Oh, yeah, what she looks like. What yeah. does she look like? Looks like uh, Mulder's sister. Yeah, they apparently, like, they found her in the house. She looks like Mulder's sister at age eight, yeah. back when she disappeared. Mulder's eight-year-old sister. And she's kind of amnesic. And... The next part of the story is kind of like them talking with, like, the medical people. Apparently, Scully's a doctor. I didn't know that until this fanfic. Oh, yeah, that's you a big that? thing. That's I did like not know that. Scully's, that's why Scully's there most of the time, to be, the, be like, the Watson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the medical doctor. They actually, it's, it's funny how she brings it up in this fanfic, because it's, like, how she brings it up in the episodes. It's like, oh, I'm an FBI agent and also a medical doctor. <laughs> so she brings it up to, the, like, the town doctor, I guess. It, it's like, always in context, though, so it's not annoying. And she's always no, very, very confident yeah. in what she does. So it's always nice to see in the show. It's just a great character. Yeah. yeah. And There's a reason a lot of lesbians have a crush on the <laughs> actress. I feel like lesbians only. <laughs> Probably some dudes, too, but... Who cares? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, my point is, is lesbians tend to have crushes on strong women and men tend to crush on I don't know anything that walks by. <laughs> I can't refute that <laughs> and but over this next part of the fanfic they're kind of like feeling out is this actually his sister or what there's some good like quiet character work with both Mulder and Scully it's a nice scene because um, normally in an episode Fox uh, Mulder would come in and he would be the most um, fringe theorist like whatever wild theory, but because this is his sister, and this is crazy, he's almost as skeptic, if not more skeptic, than Scully is in this case. Yeah, and I mean, even I noticed that character work, like yeah. just knowing like the basic premise of the character, right? And it makes sense because Fox is trying not to get hurt. Yeah, they try to do some post-hypnotic suggestion from her, and like get her to tell some things, like what do you remember, like all these things, and like even after she does a few details, like oh, you know. What she remembers is the circumstance of her disappearance or, like, uh, her nickname for Mulder when he was little. Even after that, Mulder's like, I don't know. There's nothing that she said that she couldn't have gotten from public record or, or just, like, the files that on this case. Or just speculated what a yeah. kid would say. Right. Just made good educated guesses. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so I don't know. I just don't have enough to be sure. Which is good. Like, I feel like it's really good for his character because... He is a lot of times the person who believes in stuff that's totally out there. But in this, it makes him really likable to be like, well, it's my sister. Like, I, I need to make sure. Yeah, Dom like, is totally on point, doesn't want to be hurt by it. Yeah. Yes, meanwhile, yes. Scully clearly does, 
Scully does not for one moment believe this is actually his sister. But she's not saying that. And I imagine she probably normally would say that in, like, a normal X-Files case. Yeah. She, she's not like, dude, this is not your sister. That is insane. And Scully she, goes along with it in order to, like, be nice and work with Mulder. It kind of gives her the more less skeptical role. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Pairing. She even, like, you know, in the process of this, it's kind of, like, passes her mind. Like, like, what if it was? Not that she thinks that's a reasonable guess. Mm-hmm. Just that, like, she kind of entertains the idea. So it's weird. You get almost a role reversal, but in a way that makes total sense for this particular circumstance of like why they're each there and what they're trying to do there. Mulder resolve his past and Scully support her friend. Mm, yeah. And I, I just thought that was one of like the main strengths of this fanfic. It was really good. Now, this fanfic is not that long. After that sort of feeling out what this kid might know. By the way, her name is, um, what's his sister's name? Samantha. Samantha. Or Sammy. Sammy. She's called. Yeah. But they tend to put her name in quotes for the fanfic because they're just not sure. It's always like, quote, Samantha, unquote. Everyone, because everybody is skeptical of it. Right. Yeah. And Yeah, actually, nobody fully believes it's her, which it makes sense, because, like, why would you? And part of the deal is the story she's giving is like, oh, um, she disappeared. She was taken by Skymen. Cloudmen. The Cloudmen don't want her to talk about them, and she shouldn't. And, like, these things, and it's just so pat. It's, like, so alien abduction textbook, like, you know, mythology, right? Yeah. And that even even Mulder is, like, this is just so, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mulder has a lot of experience with investigating these things, so I feel like it's nice to see how his skepticism is compounded by, like, how, yeah, textbook alien abduction it is. It's, like, know? just being like, handed to him, right? Yeah, he's like, I don't know, That that's never how it goes down for me. Um, and to me, it was funny because I felt like all the skepticism, all the characters would point to the fact that it really was his sister. Mm-hmm. However, he ends up taking her back to their childhood home to be like, well, maybe this will jog more of her memory and like we'll get some more information about like what she remembers or whatever. And he's accompanied on that trip by, is this the town doctor who's like supervising? Fran. Yeah, Fran. Yeah. Not Fran, but somebody else. Oh, Fran no. stays back Fran to Scully. Is... Fran stays back. Yeah, there's a few minor characters here who are kind of gliding over. Yeah, it's kind of hard to categorize They're all nice them characters. Here. They just don't have a lot of impact because that, that's not the point of the story. No, it's not the point. They do a good job fleshing out just like, this is a town where like people know Mulder and Mulder knows some people. And if he doesn't know a person, probably one of the people he knows knows a person. And also like, just little things where Fran and Mulder have like a antagonistic kind of relationship, playful relationship, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what they just kind of hint at. And that's always just something that has been established through years, but they don't need to go into it. No, we don't need like a whole backstory or yeah. anything. <laughs> but yeah, Fran is the doctor and she stays behind with Scully so they can use their medical knowledge compoundingly. Um, but who goes with Mulder? Somebody's name starts with a K, I think. Hmm. Not so much important. Connie? No. Connie was... Huh. I don't know. Anyway, it's nice... Uh, actually, Karen. Karen. Karen Jenkins. Okay. It's nice that Mulder knows so many people, though, here, because it's kind of sweet to see how they see him from his younger days. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they've wired back to their... They being Mulder and Scully. have hired back their home office for, like, information related, like, oh, who's been accessing this file about this case? Or, you know... What can we find out with that? They've been doing some other tests of like, well, let's let's send in a sample of blood and you know compare it to like the sample of blood from a like old nosebleed bloody towel that for reasons pillowcase. Boulder pillowcase that Boulder still has access to. It's kind of a you mm-hmm. know like 
it's a kind of backstory where it's like his family really fell apart after his sister's disappearance. Yeah. So it's I all very it, sad. I think it's canonical yeah. for X-Files. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It was nice that they emphasized it, though, even, you know, if it isn't a canon that his mom became really obsessed with it and, like, saved everything of hers, including the pillowcase she had a nosebleed on. Because it helps to emphasize, like, where all his obsessiveness comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That his mother was just so fixated. So it wasn't just about finding his sister. It was about helping his mother. Like, it's a lot for a child. So I like that the author went into uh, the detail of that. That's a good reason for them to have a DNA sample and a lock of the kid's hair. Yeah. Correct. It's set up well. And so they're waiting for information to come back. And um, while Fox... I'm sorry, Mulder, he doesn't like that name. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like being called Fox, but who names a child Fox? And also, like, why wouldn't you like... Because that's a sick name. It's a cool name. (laughs) I know. It's like, if his small-town name was, like, Bobby or something, I would get it. But no, he hates when people call him Fox. Fox. Like, what? (laughs) It probably had some uh, guff as a kid from it. Yeah, Yeah, probably. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, So he goes off, like I said, childhood home. And then meanwhile, Scully, who's kind of back at the... You know, doctor, town doctor. Hospital. Hospital. Town town hospital. <laughs> like town they, doctor hospital. They get some information at the dramatically appropriate time, which is after after Mulder has gone off with this girl and this Karen to, like, their childhood home. Mm-hmm. And the information is that, like, someone ran a DNA test on the sample of the kid's, you know, blood or whatever they sent in. And they're like, what are you trying to pull? There's 56 chromosomes in this. It's not human DNA. This is an orangutan or something, right? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... When Scully takes a look at it, she recognizes the chromosomal pattern from a previous episode. From season one, episode 11, Eve. Eve. Yeah. And apparently, you know, the U.S. government doing some genetic experiments producing superhuman, vaguely psychic, you know, people like like I assume the U.S. government is doing all the time. Well, um, I watched that episode after reading this. All right. And from that episode... Uh, the USSR was experimenting with eugenics, so mm-hmm. the Americans decided to do that, but better. <laughs> so they made a whole bunch of Eves and a whole bunch of Adams, who were just like, uh, you know, like con union, just just better people mm-hmm. all together. And like a few of them escaped, one of them got captured, and the other one started remake doing redoing the project on their own terms and made uh, two younger Eve samples, and that, that's what that episode's about. Oh, okay. Co- coincidentally, that was the one that started off with the uh, person with the two puncture holes in their neck with drain drained of blood. Hmm. Uh, not every episode starts with vampire bites. Not every Ex-sanguination episode. Exanguination <laughs> is the word you're looking for. So, like, they <laughs> grow up in California and one, like, in New England, and they both kill their fathers in the exact same way at, at the exact same time. What? Yeah, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, when they ask them how they knew the, each other existed and how they knew to kill like this and how they knew, knew to do at the same time. And the episode, they always just did the same thing. We just looked at, looked at each other and went, we just knew. Oh, that happens again in this fanfic. Creepy well, little just, girls. Yeah. Because yeah. little girls are creepier than little boys. Because twins are scary. Twins. Ooh. Twin girls especially. There should be one of them, but there was two. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh and they're girls, so they're a threat to our masculinity. Ooh, evil magic. <laughs> Powerful women that are tiny are a threat to our masculinity. Ooh, anyway. N- 93. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scully gets, you know, the word about the chromosomes, and she immediately calls, like, the main office. She's like, um, so how about those, like, Eve inmates that you have locked up? And they're like, oh, yeah, they escaped. 
Oh, yeah, they escaped like three months ago. Yeah, we just didn't tell you. Yeah, funny you're calling about that. It's kind of your department to, like, investigate these things, but, well, you know. Uh, no one told you? We've had, like, they've had encounters with them, and apparently there's some harbored hostility. They're psychotic, it, genetically engineered eight-year-olds, and you're among the few to survive contact with them in the outside world. Yeah, so they're also, like, super smart and super strong. Right. Yeah, so they really act more like adults, but very manipulative adults with, uh, I don't know... I don't really understand their motivations, but... I they're psychotic. They're, they're genetically psychotic. But, <laughs> yeah, but the, like, the motivation... Like, I know plenty of people with psychosis, and I've been prone to that myself, but that doesn't make me, like... 1993. Do, like, doing, <laughs> like, nonsensical things. Then these like. are also twin children, girls, ooh, spooky evil magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the part that, like, bothers me with this fanfiction, is their motivations are, like, super I, unclear. I think anyway, their motivation we, is the weakest part. To, no, yeah, because obviously yeah. back at the child at home. Mulder's like locked in a room, Karen's stuck mm-hmm. outside, and like the the eaves reveal themselves. It's like, oh, it's not I'm not your sister, I'm one of the eaves, and here's the other two. Yeah. And the older one, you know, has a gun. It's like, oh, we're gonna kill you because we hate you mm-hmm. for like crossing us and locking us up. And he's like, why did you go to this whole like shenanigans yeah, like, trouble to set this the whole thing up? And they're like, uh, because we hate you and want you to suffer. And it's like, yeah. I guess. Because you put us in jail. One of them had, like, extreme... Well, it seems like extreme plastic surgery to look like his sister. Yes, it turns out, and we find out, that, like, they actually have access to this technology that now they only they have access to lets them change what they look like. They developed a technology that, like, changes their physical features at any point in time. Which it also seems like they developed specifically for this, but I guess it could be useful in many ways. My point is, like, there's also weird surgery scars around their faces, and that's part of what... They don't talk about that. They mention it, and they don't bring in, bring that to a conclusion. It's a red herring, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was strange, because if they have a chemical, it shouldn't create scars. But anyway, well, point, yeah, or around her face, around the one uh, Eve ate, or, or one of them. Yeah, it's a yeah. plot point to create doubt. But then Mulder's also like, yeah, well, sometimes alien abduction victims report such, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, scars, whatever. But yeah, it's just like, you can disguise yourself as anyone, you're strong and smart, you could just like show up in his apartment and shoot him, you did not need to do this. No. And also, it wasn't just Mulder, it was both of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So this is all very Mulder-specific, but, but, it, but like this, this plot, I mean. Yeah, it's safe to bet that you'd catch both of them, though, I think. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they rely on each other a lot, but I just this, this vendetta doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially considering that it seems like their priority would be their own personal safety. And I do give them props. Like, after getting a little bit of backstory out of them, mm-hmm. you know, the older Eve, is that eight? What? No, what's her? Whatever. Well, the lower number ones, the higher number ones are the younger ones. Okay. Uh, she is like, and we're just going to shoot you now, like we're killing you now. Yeah. And she does shoot him. I give him props. I give her props for that. But then Fox Mulder dances it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, he just like pulls aside a bit and it misses his heart. Yes, all the dance lessons have paid off. What was was the quip? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the quip. But like, I mean, you could shoot him again. I don't know. Like, just make sure. Just, well, what happened immediately after? What prevented well, her from shooting him again? What prevented her from shooting him again? Well, obviously, like there are people pounding on the door. Like, you know, they need to make their escape. But still, you know, it doesn't take that much time. Uh, yeah. I mean, finish the job. I think she panicked a little. I mean, she is a child, I guess. It's unclear if they are actually, like, mature despite not having lived very long. That's that's such a convoluted concept. Yeah, that they they are aware enough to plan murders in the episode. Right. The other two plot points here 
are that they're declaring war on humanity mm-hmm. because yes. they're the superior. They, they use the phrase homo superior, which is straight out of X-Men. And the, also, they were the ones that developed this gene modification to change your appearance w- in conjunction with the U.S. government. Yeah, the, mm. the older Eve just kind of like disguised herself as a scientist, worked with the U.S. government to help develop it, then like destroyed all the information about it and mm-hmm. jetted, which is fair, I, I guess. I thought they were knowingly working with the eve experiments in order to oh that might be so research. that maybe that's unclear and, and, so. and then they stole it and trashed it on their way out mm. so anyway they both they, they all wait were there three of them yeah three yeah. of them in the story yeah, at least three but three of them in the story yeah yeah that's the part that wasn't clear to me at first now that i understand that there were eves of different ages it makes more sense because they talk about a boat escaping mm. um shortly after this they hid in a boat. That's how they get off the island. Yeah, they talk about two girls, and we see the two girls, but there's also a woman who pushes the boat out. And yeah, that's the older Eve. She, yeah. she, was, she was there in the scene talking to, to Mulder. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I didn't catch that very well. I thought there were only two in the scene. They mentioned like an older, uh, dark-haired woman also. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess I didn't pick up on it. The only other plot point is that in that conversation with them, Mulder does ask... So wait, I know you got this information from here and this information from here, but how did you know what my sister talked like, what my sister sounded like? And that's when they get to pull out the look at each other we just knew. We just knew. Mm. Yeah. So I, I've got to say, being vaguely psychic is at least a lot creepier than having clearly defined abilities. Is it also it? just kind of bad writing? Um. <laughs> like even, even in the episode where it came from, where they use that at three different points where adults ask them, how did you know to do this? And they just said, we just knew. It's like, did you just need to write this episode? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing that bothers me about X-Files, and that's the thing that bothers me about this fanfic. Even though I think this fanfic is pretty well done, and X-Files is generally pretty well done, there's points where they don't feel the need to explain something that I think it would be so much more interesting if they could just explain it. Like, it feels like a cop-out not to explain it a lot of the time to me. Mm-hmm. Well... Mulder and Scully get some chicken pot pie on the way out from one of the you know townspeople. Very important. Even Every time Mulder hates chicken pot pie. <laughs> but apparently the per- yeah, who can even hate chicken pot pie? Every time they mention chicken pot pie in this fanfic, which was repeatedly, I was like, oh, I would love to eat some chicken pot pie. I think you can hate chicken pot pot pie if you have really bad chicken pot pie. Which apparently he did. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> and also, like, it's made with chicken. It's made with dairy. Ah. It's like pretty and butter. It's pretty heavy. Ooh, so like, good. if you get the gravy wrong, that it just tastes Y'all. like weird water. Y'all mm. never yeah. been like vegan, so I guess. Well, actually, you know what? The only chicken pot pie I make is Satan pot pie, and it has no chicken. Oh, wait, you were vegan. I was vegan. Yeah, Satan pot you've pie? been vegan. S- yes, Satan. Satan pot pie. You mean Mr. Satan from the? Fighting tournament? Made from Mr. Satan. <laughs> Genuine Mr. Satan. I forgot that you've been vegan. Satan. Satan. To me, Satan. like, having been vegan for so long, it's like I can't eat a combination of, like, meat and dairy and eggs and butter. That's too much. Hmm. Well, anyway, the Satan pot pie that I know how to make is delicious. That sounds and great. And you don't get any. Send me the recipe. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Because well, I have some Satan in my you know, freezer just going bad. So it's <laughs> nice to use it. Ran over some wild Satan on the road. Um, <laughs> anyway, chicken pot pie aside, the other thing is, yeah, at the end of the fanfic, it's like Scully checking in with another government contact, and it's like, oh, yeah, this you know technology to change their appearance was like government-funded, but they stole it and destroyed it. Mulder checked in. Oh, Mulder checked in. Yeah, uh, Mulder's the one with the conspiracy contacts. Oh, got it. And so, you know, the, the ending note is that 
Mulder saying, like, they're out there, waiting. He stood slowly, painfully. Yes, says his contact. Without a word, Mulder walked away. So I wonder if the author wrote any stories following up from this, because that's a real... This whole thing seemed like a really good setup. Right. For something with these kids, with their gene appearance-changing technology... And some bigger motivation. Yeah. I mean, it would slot right in, it sounds like, to something like The X-Files, where there's a lot of slowly developing plot threads. Mm -hmm. But, like, in the context of it being a fanfic, if you want to develop those plot threads, you have to write the follow-up. It's not just going to be on the show, right? So I do... I assume. Um, So I do wonder whether the author got back to them, and I don't have that information. Now, we're going to do a quick wrap-up tonight. We usually start by saying things we want to complain about, and then things that we like. And I think we're all pretty much on the same page with this fanfic. So let's just go around and call things out. Okay. What were the things that we did not like about the fanfic? The motivation of the the Eve girls. Yeah, it was a real letdown. Yeah. Like, it felt distinctly weak when you reached there. And it's just like, oh, so no reason, really. They're just evil. Yeah. Yeah. They're just They're evil. They're evil and... children. Well, I guess their motivation was that they felt superior but well, it, they want it, revenge. Yeah, but it, it doesn't make sense because <laughs> if they really feel superior, so superior to the human characters because they don't because they're still human, why are they bothering? Well, I don't really mind that. Like, they can say they're above human emotions and not be, but, like, they just make things unnecessarily complicated for no reason because it makes a more interesting plot. Yeah. And that's not, not, not the most interesting way to wrap it up. No. Agreed. And, and it does wrap up relatively quickly at the end. So I, I suppose like, so. Like, I don't know whether to call this a negative, but it feels very much like it's asking for a sequel. Like a normal episode of X-Files, it seems like it's advancing some plot threads. And it doesn't like conclude the plot threads, it just moves them forward a bit. And so you want it to keep going. It's less like the mystery episodes of X-Files and more like the, yeah, like the ongoing plots. So, I don't know. Maybe there is a sequel out there somewhere. Has made me interested in a part two. Yeah. 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 I guess that's something to praise. The cliffhanger was effective. Mm-hmm. At some point, we should do a, like, best of round of things that we started and didn't finish and just go, like, <laughs> continue reading some fanfics. Mm. We have some of those, yeah. Yeah, several. Go back to Children of an Elder God. Yeah. Um, cattails. I keep on saying we should do some more cattails. Oh, well, maybe we yeah. will. <laughs> uh, well, but you read all the cattails already, Dom? I've been trying to, but every time I have some free time, then we have a new fanfic to do. I know, uh, it's so hard to catch up with all the fanfics, to keep up. I thought you were going to say I've been trying to, but it's impossible to read all of cattails. I'm not sure that's true. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done much more frivolous, much larger things before. Dom has the true ambition of the group. <laughs> Well, backing up a little bit, and Tori, you're saying it's like kind of a lore moving forward plot development episode of X-Files. That's one of its strengths, right? Is that it feels really on point for an X-Files story, an X-Files episode. Yeah. Especially to me, the plotting and pacing could be the episode length. You know, you move through it just like that, and you're like, yeah, everything's exactly where it should be in an episode of X-Files. Starts off slow, gets interesting, ends in a very high dramatic physical sequence. It's Tone pitch perfect, yeah. Yeah, and like I don't demand as a reader that my fan fiction maintains the tone of the original work, but there's a certain pleasure when it does of just like, yes, that is X Files. Yeah. I kinda... Which I wouldn't know because I've never seen any X Files and <laughs> I'm just a total hypocrite here. But I've, you know, there's better examples mm-hmm. for me personally. I do think that's kind of what 
was probably the strongest point of the fan fiction because it kind of held it all together even when we had those shaky moments of villain motivation or like what just happened here because there were some points like with the mom saving the nosebleed the dna test being rushed that just felt a little bit like weird you know Hmm. um and other strong points certainly characterization of Mulder and scully we talked about it before but it's really cool seeing them apparently very well characterized. Tori, back me up here. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I've seen that much X-Files, but um, I think their relationship was well characterized mm. from what I've seen. Probably pretty good for season one, Mulder and Scully. Right, which is what this was. Mm. But then, of course, also the situation allowing them to sort of slip closer to each other's roles yeah. um, than they normally would be. Yeah, it seemed like the author had a real passion for these characters and wanted them... Because they're not always likable characters, but in this, they really are. And I kind of admire that because they just wanted to show, like, these really positive sides. Like, for instance, Mulder's background in his hometown and the sweet relationships he had there. And then Scully being really supportive of him was a huge thing. Like, she gave up what she's supposed to do something with her mom, and she just went with him. She's like, I need to support you. I care about you. So that was cool. And anything else? I'm good. <laughs> nice PDF? Mm-hmm. Great PDF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Best yeah. PDF we've read so far in this show. I think we mentioned that before, but yeah, yeah very pretty. <laughs> yeah. In the early days, I made a bunch of PDFs myself before I switched to an e-reader, and this is a very nice-looking PDF. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I guess, Deb Walsh, you can keep your fan cue award. We've decided. Yeah, because now we're the arbiters of... Yeah, we have the power to take that away, right? Is that power within the cold, harsh light of 2019? I assume it is. <laughs> it's just, I'm not completely clear on who judges the fan cue award, so it, it can be us, it's right? It's like that and talking to butterflies and taste link, which are very useful powers. <laughs> I was we the... keep referencing taste link and no one's going to understand it. <laughs> that was an AD&D second edition psionic power, which let you taste what someone else is tasting. Obviously the most important and useful supernatural ability in all of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, just in case you're, you know... Uh, party member is licking a dragon at the moment <laughs> we all know there's a dragon nearby it would be so insulting like you could use it for shenanigans if there wasn't also hearing link and sight link and mm-hmm. like anything you could do by having a taste code you could probably do just by seeing what they're seeing man that t- taste link episode of x-files was the weirdest one ever <laughs> <laughs> i would believe it yeah <laughs> you know that's not a bad way to start some sort of creepy supernatural thing is like suddenly you're tasting weird things that is unexplored, creepy territory. You know what? That just reminds I don't know if... Yeah, actually, maybe it is. It just reminded me, though, of... There was a cartoon that I used to watch a little bit of when I was really, like, you know, uh, I don't know, nine. I called, I think, Brace Face, where her braces picked up radio signals. Mm. Yeah. That, I don't know, it reminded me very generically. But I feel like this could be a children's cartoon, where it's like, I can taste whatever you can taste. I would applaud the scriptwriters for that show if they found a way to make that relevant to the plot every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's why I thought of that show. Is I was like, for some reason, it was a superpower that her braces picked up signals from the radio, which you can get on a radio, but whatever. You know, I think the most appropriate use of this as a power is in a shonen cooking manga. It can definitely be someone's weirdo power that like mm-hmm. gives them the edge in a cooking competition. Then they probably get beaten by the, like, you know brash protagonist who's full of heart. 
Right. I can see, see that as a one-off villain. Yeah, definitely. Probably not coming back. And then joins the squad, I think. And but. then there's an episode of X-Files that surrounds <laughs> that character. We've drifted off a little bit. I think we can say our discussion of this fanfic is over, implicitly. Next week, we are reading a Labyrinth Narnia crossover called Something in the Eyes. And we're doing it without Dom, who's going to be traveling. <laughs> oh, okay. And also being fired. <laughs> oh, mm. well, fine. For the episode. I'll just expect my last check in the mail then. <laughs> anyway, we're hoping to have CJ on to discuss it. I'm sold just from the premise, just from that crossover, you know, yeah. by itself. And I still really wish the Dark Crystal was involved, but I guess I can forgive <laughs> you this time, Amato. Just don't let uh, CJ know you, we did uh, X-Files without them. I had no idea that CJ and Galen were super into X-Files until you told me before recording today. (laughs) It's still your fault. Honestly, I thought you knew. I think X-Files is a big enough fandom that we should come back to it. And when we do, it'll probably be some sort of slash and we will probably have one of them on. Can we not do a slash? (laughs) Um, No, we cannot not do a slash. Be an ex. I don't know enough of the characters. Uh, apparently, Scully and some other female agent who everyone oh. hates from like season four or five or something. Okay, well, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, she isn't her the actress a lesbian. Yeah. Mm. She's at least a lesbian icon. The point is, you can find that fanfic at bit.ly/rfris, and we are fast approaching episode fifty-one of the show, which is going to be our one-year anniversary. I am putting a call out for more comments and more specific recommendations of, uh, you know, genres, I guess you would call it in fan fiction, source materials, or individual stories. I believe after our one-year anniversary, we'll be going through a series of three or four specific recommendations that we have received. It should be fun. As for this, this was episode 49 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Haunting Melody, an X-Files fanfic by Deb Walsh, a titan of fandom, which came out in 1994 and was a 1995 fan Q winner. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash rfrmelody. Incidentally, the link leads to the author's archive of some old gen fan fiction that was originally published in zines, and it's definitely worth a look if you like especially kind of old, mostly live-action TV shows. I say old, I mean like 80s and maybe 90s. Uh, So not that old. So millennial old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Old for me. The intro song to the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, contact us on Twitter at Retrofanfic, Facebook at Retrofanfic, Reddit at Fanfic Retrospective, or send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Leaving comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use is also very helpful. And, again, send in whatever thoughts you have as we approach our one-year anniversary, and we may bend to cater to your whims. And we might not. (laughs) We'll see. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. The truth is out there. Where? You know, not not that. Just a little to your to your left. There it is. Yeah, right there. Truth is there. Can you grab that for me, thanks? <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs>